0: I'd be glad when, you know, the process getting, sometimes going through the process of getting, uh, getting something behind, behind you. I'm, I'd be so glad when I get this process over with. And uh, I get the railroad tracks out tomorrow. I've got a railroad track. uh, It's called the short line, running from here to about right here. Uh, So I get the short line out tomorrow, all the staples out tomorrow, and uh, get on with this program. (laughs) I told Linda on the way to church, I said, this is the last time I'm going to get staples in my leg. This is the last, last time. Man, I'd be glad when this is over. And a lot of you have been going through the same things, uh, going through times of just real tests and trials. And uh, just encourage yourself in the Lord, okay? Just encourage. Sometimes there's nobody around to encourage you. You just encourage yourself. You just start worshiping God and just encourage yourself in the Lord. God's going to. Uh, get us through these things, okay? Now, at one time, this is our, we're going to dedicate babies to the Lord today. And at one time, we had 11 planned to do this morning. 11 babies. Now, if you don't think somebody took the Lord serious when they said, go forth and be fruitful. Some of you guys are really taking that seriously. Uh, (laughs) So, I want to take a little time this morning to talk about uh, love and marriage and children, and then we're going to dedicate uh, some babies to the Lord, and we want all of you to hang around here. I'm just going to do a couple of minutes before we do these things. Now, sometimes when we dedicate babies, I see people, you know, getting up, taking off, and, you know, they, you know it's, it's the, this is, you know, baby dedication, not my, not necessarily your cup of tea, but hang around. You might have a grandkid or two here pretty quick that you're going to have dedicated to the Lord. And you don't want people to hang around and be a part of that. Amen? So let, let's uh, let's hang in here, okay? Love and marriage and then children. Like most parents, Linda and I always sat down and planned when we were going to have ours. Hey, hey. If we want to have one in December, we just sit down and say, well, we're going to have one in December. And so you know, (laughs) I don't think you guys believe me, now that's not, (laughs) that's not the way it works, right, most kids get here and, and, uh, you know, it just happens, the only time you know when they're coming is when your wife sets you down and says, I think I may be pregnant, isn't that the truth? And then you wonder how you can get a second job or a third job, or are you wondering how you can put them up for adoption or whatever? Some people think about divorce, too, about that time. This year, millions of people will have life-changing experiences. You know what they're going to do? They're going to have children. (laughs) Ha, ha, yeah, ready or not, they're going to have them, boy. Here, here they come. Now, get this, children are God's idea. Isn't that, it's amazing, isn't it? Why in the world would he come up with that kind of a, a plan? Children are his idea. Be fruitful. Multiply. Isn't that what he said back in the book of Genesis? That, that's his idea uh, from to, to repopulate and to populate this earth. Uh, his idea was families, and families was going to have children. If you're here and you're a child, you're listen. To you as part of God's plan. Look at your sister or your brother and say, I can't believe it, but you're part of God's plan. You probably never told your brother or your sister that before. You probably thought they was more like the devil. (laughs) Yes, children are God's idea. That little snotty-nosed kid in front of you in the checkout line at the market pulling the wrapper off the candy and licking and putting it back. You've seen them. Don't buy any candy that's next to the cash register. No telling how many times that thing's been licked on and put back. <laughs> You're sitting back there watching, and the mom's reading uh, the magazine, because the magazines are on one side that occupies mom's and dad's attention, and then the candy's on the other side, and the kid's in the, in the, in the, in the basketball. He's working the candy rack over, and mom is working the magazine rack over. Yeah. That's God's idea. That's not Knows Kid. Or the one, uh, the one you passed at Kmart that's throwing the tantrum in the aisle over the toy that mom won't buy him. Yeah, that's God's plan. That'll help with, uh, you know, contraception, won't it? Just think, that could be your kid. Well, <laughs> that'll make you go by a different place in the pharmacy and make sure that don't happen to you. That one is God's idea. Psalms chapter 127 verse 3 says this. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Man, it means they belong to God. He has entrusted us with them. Oh, I don't know. I'd have to. Sometimes you want to just debate with God a little bit before that. Children are a blessing and at the same time a burden, but it gets better with grandkids. If you can survive your children until they are fortunate enough to find somebody to have them, and then the grandkids come along, then that will make it all worthwhile. (laughs) Parents and children, being willing to love, to serve, and to sacrifice For the next generation is one of the principal ways that you and I honor God. That's hard to believe in. Those children that he has given you and the children that he has given uh, your life to influence. Some of you are influencing a lot more children than the ones you're being raised in your home. Uh, For you coaches and for you teachers and for those of you that are involved in, in youth activities and youth programs, Uh, you you are there for a particular purpose and a reason. And when you take care of those kids and when you're influencing those kids' lives, you are helping to serve and to sacrifice for the next generation because faith is passed, and God's perfect plan is for faith to be passed from generation to generation to generation by the parents who have those kids. And in fact, if the faith is not passed to the next generation— it'll be the great responsibility that the parents did not do their job. Can we talk this morning? We are, bringing, we are bringing children today to dedicate to the Lord. And we are Christian parents here today. And if a genuine faith gets passed in the next generation, it's, it's the direct result of the parents, that, of whether that faith is going to be passed on or not. That's just the way it is. Now, sometimes, sometimes that, you know, most of us, we, we have our children and we're not saved. We come to, we come to the Lord later in life and our children are, are a little bit older or whatever, but still just take advantage of the time that God does give you. Amen. Then, then pray for the youth workers and those that work with youth and those that work with juniors so that they can fill in the gap and, and plug in the holes of the things that we did not teach our kids. This is West Side Family Fellowship, and the reason we call ourselves Family Fellowship is because we are are connected to all of the family, not just a certain segment of a family. I realize there's some churches in some uh, towns that are larger and have millions of people to choose from. They target a certain segment of the culture. They, they target this age group or this age group or this age group. And that's what that church focuses in on. And, and it's not that not all ages of are, are the family go to that church. But that church specifically targets a certain age group as their ministry target. Well, when you live in a small town, you've got to target everybody. And I got news. We want everybody. That's the reason we're involved in youth programs and and youth camps and, and services. That's the reason you and I sponsor children to camp and all that stuff. Why? We want to fill in the gap and know that God is involved in children's lives. And if we're involved with them, we're involved in the process ourselves. Amen. So we want you to get involved. I want you to, I want to kind of read some scripture this morning. And I want us to notice how the Lord treated children. Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 through 5. At that time the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Then Jesus called a little child to him, set him in the midst of them, and said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest. In the kingdom of heaven. And verse 5 says, Whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. Now get that one. Put that into your memory. Whoever receives one little child like this in my name does what? Receives me. Mark 9 and verse 37 said, Whoever receives one of these little children in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives not me but him who sent me. It even gets better. There's a lot of blessings connected to taking care of children. Matthew chapter 19 verses 13 through 15 says this. Then little children were brought to him that he might put his hands on them and pray. But the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them. For of such such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them. Luke chapter 18, verses 15 through 17 says this. Then they also brought infants to him that he might touch them. But when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called them to him and said, Let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. A lot of things you can learn from a child. Some things I noticed about Jesus and children. Let me give you some things before we have our dedication. The first thing I noticed was that parents had a desire to bring their children to him. They had a desire. These folks that are bringing their children here today to present them to the Lord, they're doing it because they have a desire to bring them. There's a a recognition. There's something in them that realizes that these children— uh, yes, they're theirs, they, they wanted them, and, and though they may not have speci- specifically planned for them at this certain time, or maybe they did, they're still in the program and, and in the process of faith being passed from one generation to, to the next, this child is going to play a, cer- a, a specific part in that. And they want to bring their children to the Lord. So these parents wanted to bring their children to the Lord. Listen to me parents, this is our mission as believers. Get your children to Jesus as soon as you can. Get your children to Jesus as soon as you can. Not only that, remove uh, not only that, but remove all the hindrances that can keep them from getting to Jesus. Don't be a parent who does not do everything within your power to make sure your child has access to Jesus at all times. Don't be a hindrance to them. And the disciples were upset that their parents were bringing them to Jesus. And that's the one time you'll find that Jesus got very mad at them. Said, don't, you know, don't do that. You allow them, you suffer them to allow them to bring the little children unto me. For of such is the kingdom of heaven. Not only are we to get our, our kids to Jesus as soon as possible, we are to remove every hindrance and everything that keeps them from coming to Jesus. Now listen to me, parents. Your responsibility is not just to bring them here on dedication day, but to make sure that you make sure that they have the opportunity to get as close to Jesus as they can every day of the week, not just Sundays. Every day of the week, get them to Jesus. And it's your responsibility that when when it comes time for them to receive Christ as Savior, you be the one to pray them through. Can Can a young child believe in Jesus? Oh yeah. In fact, I found out that the children will receive Christ so easy, there's absolutely no hindrance to a child receiving Christ. They don't have near the hang-ups you do. They're too young to have hang-ups. See, as you get older, you get hang-ups. I get hang-ups. I get pride in the way. I get, I get past experiences in the way. I, get, I get preconceived ideas in the way. I have all these things built up that keeps me from just honestly coming. To, that's the reason to say, uh, come say, except you come as a little child, you'll in no wise enter the kingdom. you kind of got to come honestly and openly, uh, uh, free from pride and humility, and receive the kingdom. Don't be afraid to confess your issues or confess your needs or just don't be afraid to confess, Jesus, I need you. Children, do not have any of those hangups. See, only adults have those hang-ups. That's the reason we need to get them to Jesus before those hangups become a stumbling block. Amen? Secondly, children are attracted to Jesus. Jesus was willing to embrace them and to bless them. Now, if you watch VBS, you watch all these girls and guys work with these kids in, in children's church or in Awanas or in VBS... Uh they, you know, they do this this great thing of the sermon up here, and, and they do a great job with the sermon. But I'm persuaded to believe that no matter what they say up here, as soon as they invite those kids to Jesus, you know what's going to happen? <clears throat> because you invite a, a, a child to Jesus, you tell a child that Jesus loves them, there's something that's so open about that. You see, we have the hang-up that says, you know, we, we give the altar call. We almost have to go out and drag somebody if they're past 12 years old to the altar because they've got all these hang-ups. Isn't it the truth? you got to beg them and and, and, you know, and say the right words and all that stuff. They just can't get up and come because that's what they need to do. they got all these hangers. But a child doesn't have all that. You just tell them that Jesus loves them and, and, and he's here for them. Man, I'm telling you, in the altar halls given and our VBS and all those places, kids just flood the altar. Why? Because they're innocent and, they're, and they just trust Jesus. And you tell them they can they can understand that Jesus loves them. Something about young kids. Children, they know when someone loves them and cares for them. And they just respond to Jesus. Thirdly, Jesus was upset at those who would hinder and keep the children away from him. <clears throat> Don't ever be guilty of keeping children from him. Now notice what the promise was. Whoever receives one of these little ones in my name receives me. You want to receive Jesus? You want to get as close to Jesus as you can? You get close to a child. You just start leading a child to Jesus. You just start praying for a little child. Whoever receives him receives who? Jesus. And then he says, whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. You want to get close to God? Then you get, you get involved working with children. Usually that's the last place people want to work, in church. Come on. I, can we be honest? I, I don't work well with kids. I mean, I work with kids, but I don't work well with kids. And then the older the kids get, the less I get to work with them. Kids get attitudes a little older they get. But I, those that work with kids are blessed. I'm telling you, there's a blessing that comes with working with little ones. Let's make sure, as a church, we don't get distracted and forget what's important And that it's important to get all the family to Jesus. Not just the adults. Not just the teenagers. Not just those young adults. But all of them. And fourthly, I want to get this one. When people deliberately harm a child, they face an unspeakable judgment. When people deliberately harm a child, they face an unspeakable judgment. Notice what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 18 verse 6. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin? It would be better for him if a what? A millstone was hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depths of the sea. Anyone who leads that one, that little one who believes in Jesus, anyone who leads him or her into sin, anyone who would become a hindrance or cause them to stumble, are to abuse them, are to neglect them, are to tempt them with evil. Whoever would do that to a little child that believes in Christ, I'm telling you, you set yourself up. Can, is there forgiveness in God? Absolutely. But I'm telling you, if you don't find forgiveness in God, you are facing an unspeakable judgment from God if you, if you uh, deliberately harm a child that believes in the Lord Jesus Christ. Be aware of that this morning. Let's get them to Jesus as fast as we can. Remove all of the hindrances and, and then don't become a stumbling block that keeps them from coming. Fifthly, when you protect a child from harm, you are doing the will of God. When you protect a child from harm, you are doing the will of God. You're involved with what God is doing. Notice what Matthew chapter 18 verse 10 says. Take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that in heaven there are angels. I always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. Now, you've heard, the, you've heard about guardian angels, and they get a lot of that from this verse of Scripture right here, that there's a guardian angel around, around us. When you begin to get in the process of protecting young people, you get involved with what God is doing with them. Foster parents. You're involved in protecting children. You're involved in the work of God. People who adopt children out of, out of uh, problems and, and programs. You're involved with what God is doing. Social workers. Protection agencies. We have preachers that are involved in and uh, getting young people out of the sex trafficking business and all that. All of those people who work with those agencies and social programs uh, involved in protecting children, they're involved in the process of God of protecting young people. When you are protecting a child, you are doing the work of God. For their angels are also involved in watching over them and watching also the face of God. Parents want to bring their children to Jesus. And today, we're going to give people an opportunity to do that. Sam and Kara Ray want you to bring your baby. Bring your baby down here.